Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Gene Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's American Horror Story After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's American Horror Story After Show. <laughs> Good evening, AfterBuzzers. We are here at the AfterBuzz TV studios doing everything American Horror Story. I am your host for the evening, David Skifflitty, joined by these three gorgeous ladies. From week to week, please introduce yourselves. I'm Sarah Huggins. Hello, hello. Hi, guys. I'm Jillian Love. Hello, I'm Oriana Leo. And we are discussing season three, episode seven, titled The Dead. How appropriate. I forgot to apologize that I kind of sound like a man. That was Jillian last week. We're going to all take turns sounding like men. No, we're not. (laughs) I'm going to skip the turn. (laughs) You did not get sick, but Jillian got... Everybody else. Everybody else sick, Sorry. which is just everyone on this side of the my table. Sick, <laughs> my sick powers happen to um, take over the table. Yeah. I am the supreme sickness. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's amazing. Oh, I must have some kind of special power because I sit next to you and, and I you haven't didn't. gotten it. You're immune. I think I'm immune, but I still have a defect of migraines, which I I get instead. So right. That's something else. Anyway, I we, couldn't be the supreme. <laughs> we did. We should preface with that just in case Sarah or I. I start hacking, hacking like the dead over here. I'll help drop. you out. Yeah. Should yeah. we do our fan shout out? We should. Yeah. Please start yeah. out do with it. them. I really want to uh, start out with the YouTubers this week. Oh, yeah. Um, we definitely have some international fans. I want to do shout out to That's David so cool. Perez Garo in Costa Rica. Sorry, I can't marry you. Just follow us. <laughs> I know. Um, Oriana got so many marriage proposals last week. I know. Yeah. Well, you know did what? you say something in particular that I like, did not. got them going? No, but thank you so much. <laughs> um, we've got Henry in Denmark. Chris K in the UK. We've got another UK. This guy Chris doesn't K even watch UK. American Horror Story, but he's watching us. What? Oh, How amazing awesome. is that? That's kind of awesome. Well, you should start watching, Chris. And we, well, so somebody actually on YouTube gave him the link. Where he can watch it. Perfect. So now he can watch it. And then Rob from Slovakia. Amazing to have these fans from all over the world. Yeah. Love it. We love you guys. We do love you guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for commenting. Yes. We read all your comments. It makes us very happy. Mm -hmm. It does. It does. It makes me think of things like uh, that I would never think of. Like my mind goes to crazy places because of all the. Yeah. Our fans, you guys out there, definitely have some. Awesome predictions, theories, awesome ways yeah. of, of putting things together for us that we don't notice. And some and of them actually came true yes. this week. Some yeah. of them actually did come true. But we'll yeah. get into that. 
We will get into that. So let's get into the meat Tonight's and potatoes. <laughs> Which really isn't anything because we just started. Um, <laughs> so we started out this episode tonight and we're getting a flashback of Kyle in a tattoo parlor with his Pretty frat buddies. Frank and Kyle. That's prefaced right. with flashback. I yeah. <laughs> I just, I decided, I Reminding thought it was very us. sweet. Thank it you. was yeah. very sweet. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. Carry on. <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> In in the tattoo parlor with his frat buddies, and they're talking. His frat buddies are getting tattoos. One of them's getting like an Asian symbol on his ankle. The other one's getting like um, a four leaf clover on the inside of his arm. And they're talking about how Kyle. W- they're mocking him because he doesn't want to get one. Right. They're giving him a hard time. They are giving yeah. him a hard Come on, time. Go. I mean, everyone gets a tattoo in college. But Not me. I don't have one. I am me neither. Oh. You just. I guess, yeah. I guess it's just. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Me. Uh-huh. You do. What is it and where? Surprise, yeah. surprise. You are wearing a leather jacket. I feel like it's on your ankle or something. No, I mean, I have one on my ankle, yeah, that yeah. I got in college, but I have other ones that I got in college. Well. Oh, my. There are. If you look on the YouTube Me, yeah. channel, Kyle will, <laughs> I mean, not Kyle, David will post where he got the tattoos yeah. and what they are. No, yes, I will where. Not. If you're lucky, follow him on Instagram, you can get a picture. Yeah. Um, he probably could on Instagram, yeah. <laughs> no, but we, we do see a sweet moment. Um, you know, from Kyle this episode, we find out that he wants to be an engineer and that's why he doesn't want to get a tattoo because yeah. he wants to be taken seriously. He wants to be able to like roll up his sleeves and be like... He wants to be the hero the for New Orleans because yeah. he wants to be in the Army Corps of Engineers and he wants to be able to get up there and roll up his sleeves with the mayor or help the governor people. and help and be seen as a hero. And I wrote on the side here of my notes about man voice because we haven't heard from men lately. Yeah. Oh. At all. And so I was kind of going, oh my God, he has a speech. He has something to say. Yeah. And like we all. The men talked a lot of this episode. They did. So I, did, I didn't made, even like register. I made little notes of it because we heard from Spalding later, but we heard from Kyle and we got to kind of understand him better and have this moment of like, wow, what are his dreams? What are his motivations? What was he like pre bus accident and party that we yeah. saw? But it made me sad though, because like he's so not that now. And I was like, oh, he had all these like hopes and dreams and things he wanted to do. And like now he has everything he hated about his tattoo. frat bros yeah, are have. on him now. Are on him now because he ends up with his frat brother's arm and the leg. Right. And it's like, He's sobbing because he has all of these stupid tattoos that he's saying, I would never get that. That would just like pretty much destroy my dream. Right. And then he looks at, and he has that on his body. Yeah. He was devastated. Well, not to mention the moment that he sort of, you know, expressed his feelings towards Katrina because that was a huge deal. Right. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, and not only it was he, is. not only is he molested, <laughs> right, but he's had to deal with his house being destroyed in Katrina and sort of. It's amazing that he wants to be this man. Yeah. You know? And it's it, the flashback was needed. 
I think it was needed because I think we sort of lost touch about who Kyle was because really the only sort of window into who he was we got originally was when he was picking up Zoe at the party. Right. I mean, we knew that he was a good guy because he obviously was trying to... I don't know. He wasn't stopping the rape, but right. he, he sort of did. He, he, kind of, he tried. Yeah, he, he tried, tried to stop the rape. So we know that he's a good guy, but I think we needed more of a background, and we finally got it I this agree. episode. Yeah, it was nice to see a different side of him. Mm-hmm. Except for then, enter Zoe when we flash Psychopath. forward, right? And she's got the gun behind the teeny tiny Madison gun <laughs> uh, behind her back, and she's. Slim pistol. Slim pistol. What is that? Lady pistol. You know what? That's the kind that fits in your purse and that you can shoot through a through your coat. It's Madison's like Montgomery. Like that. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Good pun. Guys. You're so funny. Write that one down. But she's looking to kill him. And then he sort of like wrestles the gun away from her and then goes to kill himself. And she's like, I don't want you dead. And I think that's probably a natural reaction, like a human reaction, but watching it play out was annoying. I think it probably is, because in your mind, you're like, this is a mercy kill, you know, but at the same time, you don't want to watch him do it. She said, I don't want you to die. Like, she doesn't want him to die. She just wants to put him out of his misery. She feels like it's wrong, but watching him, I think feeling, having the power of feeling like you're going to do it and then being powerless and watching someone do it to themselves Mm. is two different things. And she wasn't expecting that. And we see in this episode, she likes power. Yeah. She does like power. She she's, likes being in charge. She's getting a little drunk with power. She sure is. And mm-hmm. so that was the first sign we saw of, like, she was sure of herself when she had the power and then completely unsure right. of herself when she didn't. And I think it's also very telling um, from the flashback to the flash forward of seeing him struggle and everything like that, of everything that could be going on in his brain and his frustration coming through as to why he can't communicate and why he's acting the way that he's acting. Because of everything that happened to him in the past. Yeah. He's getting more and more expressive, though. Like, they're starting he to is. give him, yeah, like, but little words here and there. Did and you guys pick up when they go to the next scene and they're in the bedroom and the soup, whatever food is on the floor, I immediately thought of the dog. Yeah. Like, it was on a tray, on a, in a bowl on a tray I on the even, ground. I couldn't even tell what it was. I immediately I think just it was oatmeal, potatoes. maybe. It was something, I, yeah. I don't know. I immediately thought like he was like a dog because he's sitting on the ground and she's doing flashcards with him. And I don't know if you noticed, but the bed, when she said bed, if you're tired, he immediately loses it and has like the PTSD. Right. I'm thinking, did you guys put that together? Yeah. Yeah. Mom and abuse and bed. I didn't see it. Oh, right away. (laughs) I did. I mean, he already didn't seem wild with the flashcards as is, but he seemed like food. He was like, "Mm." he was receptive, receptive to food. Bed, no. Hmm. Bad was we'll not get to a that in a minute. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, we then moved on from that small little storyline. We moved on with Madison, and we saw a very Ugh, amazing monologue. Amazing okay. monologue. Madison the Millennial. That's um, what I it. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. That yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. she's mean, Gen Y, and she talks about how this is the generation of the haves and not the have-nots, and the we deserve. We get a trophy for showing up. The right. first generation that gets a trophy just for showing up posts whatever we do to Facebook. And another thing she said, too, was the apathy, like the numbness. Right. Yeah. Like really being able to not feel, feel anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have to think about it. Like the the younger generation of today, the things that they're growing up being exposed 
exposed to at such an early age is a lot different than maybe, let's say, what we were exposed to as young children or what our parents were exposed to as young children. So it's sort of, you know, it is very appropriate for her to be talking about that and then correlating it to the fact that she can't feel. Right. Yeah. You know, not to mention she's famous. It's It's a completely different story for her. She's speaking as someone who is emotionally damaged in the public eye. So what she did Mm. when she was living is she would cover it up with anything she could, whether it be drugs, sex, booze, anything. And now that she was dead and brought back to life, she is craving feeling. And as we see when she sort of holds a lighter under her hand. And it's burning. And it's burning her flesh. She has no feeling. So I guess we sort of uncover something (laughs) about people that are brought back. It's that they (coughs) cannot feel. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, So that was a new revelation. I like how she said, I think I'm going batshit. That was my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) This may be inappropriate, but I'm kind of like, grass is always greener, bitch. Yeah. Like, you just want to feel nothing, and then you die, and you come back, and now you want to feel everything. Right. We'll pick one. Right. And I like (laughs) that she called Misty a minor league Fiona. I thought that was cute. I did, I did catch not catch that. Oh, you that. Yeah, catch. she was talking about how they put her back together, and she was like, Misty, the minor league Fiona. Huh. Interesting. I didn't so that, that could be like a little foreshadowing. Who knows? I'm sure it is. Yeah. Well, we, well, we do know. Um, we'll get to it in News and Gossip, yeah. but that is definite foreshadowing for what's to come in episode 10 after the Christmas break. Right. Oh, mm-hmm. after the Christmas break. Mm-hmm. He's well, ready excellent. for us, Ryan Murphy. Interesting. Yeah, um, so then after that whole storyline, we sort of jumped to Queenie and Kathy Bates. Madame LaLaurie. I do it on purpose. I think we need to make David flashcards. Uh, yes. He doesn't remember any of our characters. <laughs> I said Queenie. Yeah, you did. Okay, there's okay. one. One, yeah. one point. <laughs> one, one person. And Zoe. Okay, two, three. They're in the kitchen, and they're both hungry, and our... Madison. Ma- Madison has. has been binging, and of course can't satiate her gnawing emptiness inside. Yes. No matter what she eats, where she says that she used to just starve herself all the time, binge, puke, eh, no big deal. Right. And now she, all she's doing is eating, and it doesn't she can't help. Fill the hole. Right. She can't fill the hole. We find out some background about Queenie, which we've also been craving. Uh, uh, she is from Detroit, yes. right? so she's a tough one, and really has no idea how she sort of ended up in this house full of white witches. Right. I mean, we know. <laughs> well, she says that but... she came from Detroit to New Orleans to be with her sister witches. Yes. But what Lollerie <laughs> is trying to communicate to her yes. is not how the hell did you end up here? Right. right. Because she knows the flip side of things, obviously. Mm-hmm. Marie right. Laveau, who is her foe. Right. Um, <laughs> sorry. I'm like, I'm done with puns today. I should just. That's hilarious. <laughs> Uh, but we do find out where she's from, at least, and, yeah. and that was a little bit nice. Well, and we know that she's been feeling isolated. She doesn't, you know, obviously Zoe and M.M. have this connection. Uh, <laughs> With they're both, like, later. skinny white blondes. Well, <laughs> yeah. you know, we'll we see that it co- yeah. they have this connection later. Well, yes. um, but other than, yeah, they're skinny witches. Yeah. <laughs> um, and... You know, what is she left with? I mean, there's Nan. We didn't even see Nan this episode. I, was, I literally Where just wrote she? that down. Where right. She's glued week? to the window, like, listening to her boyfriend yeah, next door. Nana. Right. She's with Luke. That's Who knows? With Luke. Um, but, yeah, she's by herself. And 
So to, to see the two of them connect, it's like I kind of was hoping for a budding friendship. I was as well, and it sort of seemed I was like believing it. Yeah, like, I liked it. They got fast food together. I mean, I thought this whole week's theme I wrote it down, it was like kindred spirits. Like we had like MM and Kyle, which we'll get into, mm-hmm. and then Queenie and Lollery, mm-hmm. and then the Axeman and Fiona, which we'll talk about. But I thought like I don't know, I got, like there was connections between all of these like new new connections, I guess you would say. Sure. Yeah. Hmm. And it really did seem like they were besties. They were definitely connecting, but at the burger joint, getting this food, you know, Delphine Lallerie doesn't really make any bones about it when she's just like, no, you're never going to fit in. They're never going to accept you. You're black. You That's know, Queenie, Queenie sh- yeah, Queenie <laughs> should really judge the source. Right. She says right there, I'm in a truck with a, like, 200-year-old racist. Yeah. Right. So. But she, Lallerie says, sensitive. it's not, not only was it. A different time, but it was a different world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She says that later on in the episode when she's talking to her about things, but she does say that to her. And so part of me wished that Queenie would take it with a grain of salt. Right. Right. But at the same time, like, you would she's think, suffering. She's right. suffering, and no one's reaching out to her. Yeah. And so what do you expect? Yeah, she's it's not really sad. made a connection with anybody except for Lalry and... As we find out, the connection wasn't that deep, right? <laughs> Apparently not. Or maybe love it hate situation. About as deep as a paper cut, ladies and gents. That could be pretty deep. <laughs> True. <laughs> but after this interaction that we have between Madame Lollery and Queenie, <coughs> we uh, hear Hank, Hank the Skank. This was the most random part of the episode to me. I mean, listen, well, I, it's. I think they're gearing up for what's to come. A war. Okay. A war. Yeah. Because, you know? I mean, you he calls Foxy and Foxy hangs up on him, whatever. And he's wasted, clearly, but he has so many weapons. Right. He's ready to witch hunt. He's ready to witch and hunt. And he's like, baby, I miss you. Baby, I'm going to come for and you. And he looks like, like he was yeah. crying. He was crying because yeah. yeah. he misses her and he, he realizes that if he wants to live, he's going to have to, like, bring her head. Or maybe he's going to go the other way. Right. I feel like he's going to go the other way. Okay, we can do that. That's a prediction. prediction. (laughs) It is a prediction. Sorry, Um, I'll just kind of it kind of got thrown in there because it was on top of my head. All is forgiven. Sorry, Um, but I mean that was just that was a a very tiny interaction that sort of was just (laughs) thrown in there and then not mentioned again. Yeah. It'll be. In, it in will be. I, I yeah, feel like he's going to come back up. And who was it that said that um, Hank was not going to be seen? <laughs> Boom. Who was it that said that Madison wasn't going to be able to feel? <laughs> okay, all right. I think that was me okay, also. Okay, you guys are equal. You jerk. Right, forward. Let's not cat fight. Um, she shouldn't have started. It's okay. But um, I was going to say, yeah, Foxy runs into Madison. And after- gets the clearest vision that she's had so far. Absolutely. Do you think it was because... Because of who it was? Fiona, Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think she it also might... got a good touch on her because or she because actually like Madison's not her? totally alive, so that might have something to do with it. Who know. knows? Yeah. I mean, I don't think we can. We know enough. It but was like she literally ran into her, yeah. And when she was like trying to figure out who it was by touching her face and stuff, she got a lot of contact as well. Right. It oh, might true. be that it I wasn't think... just like someone touched her shoulder. It was like she had her hands all over her, right? Yeah. And then she grabbed her as she kept seeing the vision. Yeah. Right. And M.M. is just kind of standing there like, uh, what's going on? But she's like really holding on tight. It might be that the whole she actually got a firm grip on someone. And it might also be her finally just accepting 
these visions, yeah. right? As opposed to rejecting them, because we've seen how much her attitude has shifted when she ends up calling Zoe in, right? right. I don't know where that is along our timeline, though. Yeah, um, it's coming up. We'll mm-hmm. see it. Yeah, we will see it. So she sees Fiona slitting her throat, slit MM's throat, and then it just cuts her, and she's like, Fiona. Yeah, <laughs> she really hates her mom, and we just know. We, know we just we know. know. Well, we—I mean, it was pretty clear. She was pretty pissed about it. Yeah. Um. Next week, this is yeah, awesome. we see uh, like Fiona. Speaking of Fiona, yeah, Fiona finally. Uh, Fiona Get and the Axeman. Oh my gosh, so weird. <coughs> First that, of all, I loved how confused you were. We were like, wait, does the Axeman have an apartment? Yeah, like, where is this? What? Who's house? I yeah. feel like I wasn't questioning it You'd work? at all. No, the like, three of you, you were like, silent. whose house is this? Yeah. And I was like, just go with it. Yeah. Like, he's just like, hey, let's go back to my place like a random. Well, because I figured, you know, they're gonna tell it's going to be right. explained somewhere right. or another, so right. why question it? Right. But I did. it just got weirder and weirder. It did get very weird. The whole scene was weird but I mean obviously we should start out with you know their flirtation and everything and then right. Fiona's hair is falling out and I can't imagine anything less sexy right it completely grosses me out I can't imagine going through that and well, having your hair come out and like trying to be romantic at all with anybody ever no and it's mm-hmm. big chunks that aside I'm surprised that she's even able to like walk around and be drinking alcohol and she's not just like throwing up all the time right that's true no, I was going to say the cockroaches, but yeah, you're right, on the medicine. <laughs> on the medicine, I mean, why isn't she, like, nauseous? How is she drinking liquor at all? Well, if anyone, I mean, if we have a fan that's uh, had chemo and is doing okay now, please let us know. Yes, please is let possible? us know. I mean, my, I or if you have a family member with my mother who went through chemo and radiation mm-hmm. twice, and so it, just to... So you're familiar with that? Yeah, I am. And, and that, so you don't it think just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> any sense. Right. right. She would be exhausted and she would be right. She would be exhausted. Yeah. So they kiss, but then we see sort of a resistance because she's really not sure if she wants to do this. She's a little, she's hesitant, like she wants it, but she doesn't. Right? Right. right. Uh, yes, and she says that she wants to leave and that it was a mistake and she did, she forgot her sleeping pills. <laughs> and she says, we find out she's had three husbands. She says she's a relationship destroyer. She's a wretched human right. being. Yeah. And he's like, oh, she but like, can't I'm full loved. of surprises. And, she, and she's like, I've got enough surprises. Like, enough for two lifetimes. And like, then he sort of sweet talks her about... In a really sexy talking. Way. His saxophone. About Ooh, his saxophone with his fingers and his mouth. Talk. I didn't think it was that creepy. I, I thought, thought it was, was sexy Sarah. talk. No, though. I thought you were going to talk about where he goes later. No. I didn't think the saxophone thing was creepy. You I did. thought that was pretty clever. It was clever. But I was like, the words he was using, I was like, hmm. I thought what was interesting, <laughs> and was this good. is like a weird yeah. observation, but like they never kissed. They only they kissed. kissed at one time. After that was after their sex scene, mm. like they didn't show them kissing. They kissed before, they kissed before. Mm-hmm. once before by the door before she was going to leave. I mean, yes. that was barely a kiss. It, it was a body was touching, right? But yeah, there wasn't like a passionate, a passionate kiss. kisses, which I thought was kind of an interesting way. She was to holding back. Well, well, this is the thing. He he sort of persuades her into having sex by saying like, "Let's give it the old college try." Yeah, like, old let's, fashioned. Let's like this, do the sex. The old yeah. sex let's it. not call it love. It's just sex. Let's and, Julia right. Roberts this ish, okay? Yeah. No kissing means. on the mouth. Right, Pretty woman? Right. Oh. Yeah. No kissing on the mouth. So yeah. let's prostitute this thing. <laughs> yeah. Let's kind of, I guess. Yeah. But what was, I wrote another thing that was 
man voice again. He gets a chance to talk. He talked a, a lot. lot. He talked a lot, and he got to express himself. You right. know, talk. He gives this this sort of poetic, you know, line about his saxophone and how good he is at playing his instrument the or whatever of his instrument. Of his instrument. I like that and one. then even later on, when he's talk telling his story, mm-hmm. I was just like, wow, we had two men speak. Yeah, you know, and the tally goes up. So I feel like there's a real transition in this episode of men having voices. I don't think it's going to last, but no. I think it's been very pivotal to give us the information that we need. It's also a good break. It is yeah. a good break. Yeah. Good timing. Yeah. And I feel like it's relevant to talk about his story now because yeah. really they haven't, I mean, he it was, was just, just introduced. Yeah, he was just introduced and we sort of find out that he has been watching Fiona since she was a child. Sort That's of like the part I think is great. Looking over her and like it, it freaked me out a bit. I mean, he was just, he's been a looming figure in her life for all of these years. Like, how would you feel if somebody was just like, I've been watching you. (laughs) Okay, let's, if, let's just talk about her and finish her storyline because it's the shortest and like the least relevant. Sure. Um, so we do find out later on that he's been watching her her entire life because he was a ghost. He was in that house and she's Mm. lived in that house for her entire life, clearly. And he sort of protected her and watched her grow and he's fallen in love with her. He thought of her as a daughter first and had a daughter love for her and then sort of fell in love with her (laughs) as a woman. I don't know how that happens, but Um, well, she, you know, developed. She became a woman and came into her own. I personally don't find it that Creepy. creepy. Okay. I don't find that itself that creepy, Personally. but the telling of it. Yeah. In was, the moment, he was like watching her where, change, where she's like, like, she's in the room, and he's mm-hmm. telling her, "I've been watching you your entire life, right. and I've been there, and now I want to have sex with you." That's weird. But the whole process of his story, I didn't find disturbing. It was just that, like, and like she says, so now I'm sick and dying, and now, you, like, this what is, is this so weird. Mercy, what are you? A mercy bone? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he did just, I mean, Zoe, like, resurrected him, basically. But she doesn't or, like, know that. Right. Right. Yeah, she has no idea. She has no idea. All she knows is that this man is, like, trying to seduce her. That's that right. has I didn't been watching think about her that. since she's eight. It's just so, it's creepy from her perspective. Yes. Right. But from a man ghost perspective, I don't think it's creepy. Right. Because he was like, he's just a man trapped in a house. Yeah. And he, and he really cared about her. And he, he's like, he even says, when everyone else thought saw you as a ruthless manipulator. And I was like, oh, is that, so nobody was fooled by her then. Right. right. <laughs> like when he's like, everyone else saw you as a ruthless manipulator. I saw you for the woman that you really were. And I was like, oh, so she had a fan. Yeah. That's nice. She has more than one fan. Does she? Spalding. Oh, oh. yeah. But you know, I thought it was, I I thought it was kind of sweet. Yeah. But she says she doesn't believe in ghosts. Right. (laughs) And. Well, he's not a ghost anymore, so. (laughs) But what is he? Is he a, is he Right. Right. I I don't know, but did you see the previews? They're still boning people. Yeah. Yeah. She definitely, as much as she wants to like keep him away, I, yeah. I think they're drawn to each other. They do have a lot in common. I mean, they're both ruthless. He said something. He said, uh, when, when was the last time you had fire, or when was the last time you gave off fire? Your body put on a light show. Yeah, your body put on a light show and you're, you're scared of this or it makes you weak. And that's why you don't want to do it because it makes you weak. Which, does that mean that she had such a good time that she put on a light show? Like, I was trying to think about how, good that must have been 
I mean, it must have been pretty awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And what is a light show? Is it like the lights? Is it like lasers? <laughs> right, right. Do like lasers come yeah, when out? When they started bowling, the lights started flickering. Does a disco ball <laughs> go off? Because I want that power. Maybe when she has sex, her powers just go crazy. Like, and right now, her powers mm. are on the fritz anyways. She's getting new ones. Yeah, and that's things true. Because she's sort of yeah. collapsing. I wrote a note here that I said Axeman equals Lalaurie in the sense that they have these parallel storylines of being trapped sort of mm-hmm. having having been trapped and have now been released and they now well Madame Lalaurie's storyline's a little bit further progressed but right. having having a new lease on life if you will right. and wanting to fulfill maybe new needs or wishes and Maybe be for I don't know. We're not. I'm not sure. Zaxman wants to be forgiven for anything he's done. Right. But I mean, he killed somebody in the beginning that, of the storyline yeah. like episode. So. Right. So, but at the same time, he he's longing for something, and yeah. I think Lalaurie is longing for something as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're pretty clear she's not going to get it right now. <laughs> no. Um, but I'm kind of wondering, like, what's his story? Like, mm. you know, they're just these. They just seem like kind of parallel, but. I don't know that anyone's going to get what they want. I mean, the thing, I think that the main difference between Lalaurie and the Axeman is that the Axeman being a ghost in the house got to experience the changes in the world Absolutely. and see uh, things change and become oh, different. Yeah. And then when he comes back, he can sort of assimilate better. Mm-hmm. And she's sort of still learning. Right. And Madame Lalaurie doesn't seem to have, she really experienced genuine remorse quite instantly. Yeah. Yeah. Really fast. And this guy doesn't seem to feel anything. No, no not at sociopath. all. No, yeah. I do want to jump back and start talking sure. about Lalaurie again. Um, and then we'll finish out with Zoe and them. Um, but Lalaurie and Queenie sort of... We see them later on in the episode, and they are talking about a friendship. And, and Lalaurie's sort of saying, you know, I want to experience things and learn things, and it's good to have true a true friend. friend. But this is after Queenie's already. This I was just it. about to after say after Queenie has gone to Angela Bassett, <laughs> Marie <laughs> Laveau, Marie Thank you. Laveau, yes, um, who's really pushing? Who's says she walks in and she, she says, "Queenie, come in if you're going to come in," and says that if there's a black witch in town, I'm going to make it my business to know her name, which is pretty badass. Mm. Well, and I kind of, I don't know about you guys, but I was like, okay, like Queenie, like, they have similar powers and things like that. Like, I could totally see her fitting in better there. Like, liking it better there. Well, just having someone care about her. Right. And also, a big reason why she went there was because of the conversation she had in the car with Madame LaLaurie. Right. She was talking about identity, and Queenie is curiously trying to find her identity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's... There's this sort of entity, this Marie Laveau, that has been there this entire time, and I think that it really took the conversation with her new bestie mm-hmm. to get her to go over there to come from Wonder Breadland, right. as uh, right. Marie Laveau affectionately called Miss Robichuk's Academy for Exceptional <laughs> Girls, um, to the hair salon. Yeah. Well, she says... Uh- the voodoo doll belongs in the house of voodoo. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was very good. It was yeah. a very good... And the pr- but the price of admission is Madame Lalaurie. Yeah. Right. And she says, you go to her and ask her what's the worst thing she's ever done. Mm-hmm. And so she does. Mm-hmm. And she tells her that basically her husband had an affair with one of her slaves. 
Um, it was terrible. the worst thing ever. And he got her pregnant, which isn't unheard of. Right. And she had a baby, and she killed the baby. Not only did she kill the baby, she pulverized the baby enough to make baby ba- blood face, face mask right. thingy. Mm-hmm. Disgusting. And then told Disgusting. the girl. And then told her. And so then that she, she killed, killed herself. herself. Which, but, by the way, is historically accurate. Not that whole lead-up scene, but when I was doing my research, there was a young girl, she may have been more like 12, 13, who, which is also very possible who for that jumped time. from the roof. That was one of the unintentional slave killings. Mm-hmm. Um, somewhat, one of the, wow. one of the handmaidens, if you will, jumped to her death and the, um, in law enforcement knit, knew about it. And that was far be- before the house of horrors attic was ever right. um, discovered. Wow. Um, but after telling Queenie the story, I feel like she does feel sad about it because she does preface by telling her the worst thing I ever did and the one thing that I most regret doing. And she said, she's like, I am just learning yeah. what the right thing is to do. And I made a side note of just said revenge versus forgiveness. Like, you know, she seems like she's, mm. you know, can you forgive what she's done? I don't know what anyone could forgive what she's done, but right. here we are 200 years later. This woman's trying in juxtaposition to the axe man who just murdered someone that day. Right. You know, it's like she's really trying. She's reaching out to Queenie. She's trying to build bridges. She's trying to change who she is and do the right thing. And how does more pain, more suffering, revenge change anything? Right. It's just, you know, I was kind of, I was just sad with Queenie's decision. I was. I mean, because she sort of turns around and turns her over to... Level. Did you guys expect that? I didn't yes, expect I did. that. You did? I did from a yeah. story writing perspective, but I was disappointed because I thought Queenie was teaching her so much as yeah. a person. And like, it yeah. didn't seem like it was that hard of a decision for Queenie. It was just like, oh, you want her? All right. Well. No, because she sort of, when she brings her there, Laveau, what the hell's her name? Kathy Bates is <laughs> is saying you don't know what this woman is going to do to me, and she's like, "Yes, I do. That's why I brought you here, you stupid bitch." Right, mm-hmm. but, but also this is this no, is yeah. I mean that it's was terrible. a hard decision. I know, no. but, but I mean I'm on kind of on Queenie's side right now. Like she's tough too. talking yeah. from Detroit. She's alone. She doesn't have anybody. She wants to. She wants know to, who to she belong is. and yeah. feel like right. she knows who she is. And I think. If you were to see the beautiful, commanding, you know, Marie Laveau, mm-hmm. that it would offer you a place, you might believe her. Like, if you were really s- easily swayed. Plus, she did, you know, Madame Mallory a favor and got all minotard. And Yeah, that's true. You yeah. know, I, I don't know where that lies with her. I just, I feel like she, we see in the next preview that she yeah. might be regretful. Right. I mean, we will get to that when we get to predictions, but it's just... At this point, where we are now, it's sad to see her. Yeah, Joanne, what do you think? I will fill you guys in a little bit on. I read an an article. Well, no, I mean it's it's relevant now, so I might. It's not news and gossip. It's just uh, Gabrielle Sidibe was in an interview and she talked about the Minotaur sex scene and Mm -hmm. how sort of that that whole thing was supposed to transpire. And like we said, you know, she was identifying with the beast. And she touched herself to sort of comfort the beast. Mm. Interesting. And she really had no idea what was going to happen Hmm. as a result of doing that. Um, So she was doing it out of comfort. But that's sort of a side note. Um, But back to this episode. Uh, So... 
Queenie takes the first stab at oh, right. Madame Lollery. And the war is it's like the war has begun. Do you know what I mean? Like as yeah. much as as much as Madame Laveau has been working on this war for a long time, there's supposed to be a truce and it's clearly been violated by right. having a witch hunter. Mm-hmm. Uh I feel like this is the very first step yeah. into an all out like which war. war. <laughs> well, in that scene where um, Madame Laveau was putting the blood on her face doing the beauty regimen, that's yes. pretty great. Yeah. Great. I think it's pretty awesome that she's doing the same beauty regimen that <laughs> Kathy Bates had been doing. And maybe it we should try circle. it. This, like, blood mask? Yeah. Blood mask, anyone? Yeah. Mm, I mean, not human blood. If you guys have like... a recipe for a blood mask. <laughs> 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 Just... <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's <laughs> other things in there besides sick blood. Weirdo. But either way, um, jumping anyway. back to are the meat of the story, mm-hmm. which is Zoe, Kyle, and Madison. Mm-hmm. Zoe's trying to teach Kyle how to re-communicate. She's like, mm-hmm. you need to learn to communicate with me better mm-hmm. if you're going to survive like every relationship ever. <laughs> right? It Here's is. some flashcards, honey. <laughs> this, this, is what, <laughs> this is what you need to do. This is what I want. Fat food. <laughs> this, this is, is how you communicate yeah. with me. Touched on it earlier. Mm-hmm. But when Zoe leaves and Madison comes into the room... Well, Madison gets her out of the room. She says, Cordelia wants to talk to you. Okay. Foxy wants a meeting. Right. Sure. Which is, was true, but I think... Let's save that to the last thing. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're meeting. I think okay. that'd be a good, the good yeah, way to... <laughs> she gets her out. Mm-hmm. She's out. Um, and her and Kyle have a moment. Her and right. Kyle, M.M. and Kyle, have a moment. Major moment. Yeah. yeah. They connect on being dead and brought back to life. Madison goes into this whole sort of speech to Kyle about dying and not seeing a light. Did you see a light? She kept saying, did you see a light? It went black. It was cold and dark. Yeah. And reality is just as bad. Yeah. And she's like, being here... I'm trying to figure out if being here is better. Is even worth it. Yeah. And we see her being vulnerable for the first time. We've seen her been physically vulnerable before, but really emotionally vulnerable and reaching out to someone and just saying, like, I'm hurting. I know you're hurting, too. Like, let's comfort each other. Yeah. And so when Zoe comes back to the room and she sees them having sex... um, Personally, I was not that shocked. I said Zoe catches Kyle and I'm doing it Frank and Kyle style. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, they were doing it standing up, which is pretty awesome. Uh, um, That's what I'm calling that one from now on. But it, it MM later on talks about how it was the first time since she's been back that she was able to feel anything. And that does that make sense? Yeah, he's I think it does because she's made a significant I, connection. I, I mean, feel like because eating, she's filling that hole. I, mean. I feel like that because they both died and they can, you know, have that same experience that she's able to feel and he's able to feel and sort of connect on a different level than and he trusts her. Right. Yeah. Well, for her, she's so underdeveloped with her like her personal relationships. Right. She's essentially communicating with the Neanderthal and that's filling her need and he just is like mama. Right. You know, and they're that they're good for each other. Right. Yeah. Super. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense to <laughs> it me. It does yeah. make sense. What yeah. I thought was interesting, it's a little bit going back, was when um, Zoe was like, oh, you remember Kyle, right? And she was kind of like indifferent, like, eh. Like, she didn't 
like let anything register no. on her face that she even do you she remember totally playing it cool like every girl does right. with every guy <laughs> right. okay. totally. textbook thank know. you like whatever <laughs> yeah but then she clearly did because she was like hey do you remember like we you know brought you back and la 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 and, like, I gave you the best parts yeah, yeah. and she probably yeah. knew too that if she any emotion registered on her face with Zoe Zoe wouldn't leave the room like right. there would be no alone time if right. Zoe felt like there was something gonna happen yeah. I don't know if She's Madison even fire. had an idea that Kyle was there. I think she was genuinely surprised that he was in the room. Oh, I think she was just, but she was very cool, and she was like, oh, do you remember Kyle? She's, She's an like, actress. Uh, she has two yeah. people's yeah. Teen Choice yeah. Awards yeah. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It takes a lot to awesome. do that. Um, but later on, Madison sort of convinces Zoe to join in on the fun. Yeah. And there's oh a little, gosh. like... <laughs> I thought it was going to go know. lesbian. I thought it was going to be like well, a I mean, it little. Kind of is. It, it right? Kind of is. Kind of is. I we didn't thought see that was anything. funny too, though, when it says like, um, you know, oh, well, we're just going to share them, and she's like, well, yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, it's sort of like one of those things. Is like Zoe has a genuine concern um, about killing him, but he's already dead. So what harm can it do? Right. Sure. So we you know, have to hurry this up. We yeah, do. We're talk. running out of time. Yeah, okay. we have a lot. Well, we need to talk. Of, we need to mention that Zoe um, is feeling very powerful and killed Spalding. She does. Right. We do hear she, Spalding talk. She reattaches his tongue. She reattaches his tongue. And uh, by the way, I want to shout out Dennis O'Hare, the actor. Amazing. Who, so amazing on True Blood. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember his character's name at the very moment. But I saw Dallas Buyers Club, and he was incredible in that. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Good note. But before we go, we have to mention uh, when Foxy chats with Fiona yes. and we find out the big news. Yeah. Which is? Fiona's gonna die. Fiona's gonna die. Well, they want to kill her. They want to kill yeah. her. She wants yeah. to kill her because she tells her that she's got a bullseye on her back and if Fiona finds so out... Foxy chats with Zoe. Yes. That she's powerful. And that if Fiona even thinks that she is the next Supreme, she is going to get it She next. actually says, dear one hot shit witch... Yeah. Quote. And okay. that if she finds out you're next, you're next. Yeah. You're next. <laughs> That's happening. Let's yeah. jump into news and gossip, you guys. Yep. After Buzz yeah. TV News. Uh, Anybody have anything? You said you had a lot. Okay, so we find out <laughs> that Stevie Nicks is going to be on episode 10. Yay. Oh. Yay! And she's going to be singing with Misty Day. We don't know oh, awesome. what she's going to be singing, yes. but Ryan Murphy did release a photo yeah. of Stevie on she set, so you guys can check out his Twitter handle, Mr. R.P. Murphy on Twitter, um, and he has the photo. I'm sure there's going to be more stuff coming out, but we do know that it's going to be in episode 10. Yeah. What about everybody else? I did catch that... Um, that he was shouting her out and saying thank you for letting us use her original music throughout yes. the entire series. Right. And so this has been a major collaboration from the beginning. Nice. Mm -hmm. And she was shooting, like, I mean, it was this week that she was there. So, like, that kind of, like, tells us where we are, like, shooting-wise as well. Absolutely. You know? um, he also teased today uh, in the new issue of EW that's coming out on Friday that in episode 11, they will start revealing clues as to what is going to happen in episode 4. We know that it's going to be either based season in... Season 4? Season mm -hmm. 4, sorry. We know that it's going to be based in Santa Fe or in New Orleans again, which nice. is totally cool, so we'll be sure to pay attention to any clues 
that's going to be revealed. All we have to do yeah. is check and see who has the best uh, tax incentives. I was going to say, New Orleans has New an Orleans amazing has one. the best tax incentives. <laughs> right. So they won't be doing California, unfortunately, right. but um, we just check and... Sad but true. It's sad but true. We'll yeah. find out. Um, Anybody have anything else? I'm just going to touch on it. Maybe we can bring it up another time because we don't have time. But I did read a couple of blogs that were talking about sort of the strong black woman character and how there are a lot of shows going on right now like Scandal and... Is it? There's another show I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But they're just talking about um, Gabrielle Sidibe and her character mm-hmm. and some of the things that they were wishing to see. Um, that it's sort of overcompensating uh, to have these sort of superhero strong black women that don't feel anything, like the voodoo doll that doesn't have any feelings. Mm. Um, and I thought that was an interesting discussion. And I'd love to have someone like from our Black Hollywood Live come in and give us their perspective because we're not black. We're not, you know, we're not that part of America. But I would, <laughs> I would love to find out what <laughs> some other perspectives are on the kind of racial undertones of the show and how they feel about it. Agreed. Um, so I thought maybe later on in the show we could do that. And for international fans, I mean, slavery is a big issue yeah. in the United States still. You know, talking about it and racial issues. I think it would be really interesting to get some perspectives. Me as well. Yeah. All right, should we jump into predictions? Yeah, let's jump into predictions really quickly. Uh, and now. Sarah, any predictions? Um, I think I don't think there's any way Fiona is dying. I think the jokes on the other ladies. Um, she <laughs> will definitely prevail, and um, I think that um, I think Madame Lollery is going to be in encaged for several episodes. Okay. That's my prediction so far. Um, I think that we sort of saw a mini interaction between um, Marie Laveau, Queenie, and Madame Lollery in the preview, where Queenie is sort of possibly feeling remorse for what she has done to Madame Lollery. So I'm thinking maybe Queenie is going to be punished for something. That is mine. Oriana, what do you have? Um, I predict that Zoe is going to have increasing powers and confidence. And like we saw this episode, kind of a little drunk on her power. Um, I think she's going to continue down that path and maybe get checked. Um, I would guess by Fiona. Yeah. Um, who, like you said, isn't going anywhere and will stay no. alive just despite them. Yeah. Um, and that Fiona is going to give in to her sensual desires and there's going to be a real back and forth between her relationship with the X-Men and them that yeah. are fighting her. David, tell us your prediction yeah. real fast. I'm keeping my predictions to myself. Oh. Um, <laughs> but... From everyone here at the AfterBuzz TV studios, we want to thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you in two weeks. Yeah. Let's quickly tell everybody where they can find us within that in those two weeks if they want to chat with us or tell us any predictions. You can find me at You Can Call Me Skiff on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Sarah on the Go, Sarah with an H on Twitter and SarahBear627 on Instagram. Uh, I'm at Jillian Left on Twitter or you can find me on my website, JillianLeff.com. Twitter, Miss Oriana Leo. Instagram, Oriana Leo. Or Facebook is Oriana Leo Official. Please follow me or friend me. I like friends. <laughs> and we will see you guys in two weeks. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.